Good evening and welcome to the HHH Racing Podcast, episode 121. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you very much for joining me tonight as we have a special show previewing the biggest day of the year at the fairgrounds in New Orleans. It is Louisiana Derby Day this Saturday coming up. Please make sure you subscribe right there, bottom right-hand side of the screen. Hit that notification bell so that you'll know when new content will arise. And smash that thumbs up button as usual. It'll tell YouTube we have great content here on the HHH Racing Podcast. On the name tag there, you can follow me on Twitter. I've been sending a lot of really cool stuff out on Twitter, pictures, etc., comments, at uh, Kravitz. You can see my handle there on Twitter. And then below on the scroll, you'll find my email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Again, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. If you're watching live, please make sure you uh, type in comments in the live chat. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. We're going to have a great show. As you can see right now on the bottom of the screen, I'm very excited to tell you also what's coming up this Saturday with the next podcast. As you see right now at the bottom of the screen, if you're watching here live on YouTube. For the first time ever on the HHH Racing Podcast, we will be live during a race card covering exclusive big time replays analysis betting tips with my great friend from the uk punter davy lane and his good friend and my new friend philip edwards these are two excellent handicappers who know uk racing and a lot of these foreign invaders coming into dubai like a glove if you and there are a lot of also american horses running by the way this Saturday in Dubai. The card is tremendous. If you have any interest in some big-time American horses running in Dubai or some excellent races from with international flair and you want to make some money, please join me this Saturday. We're going to be live starting at 9.15 Eastern Standard Time. Again, live 9.15 Eastern Standard Time for our special podcast covering the Dubai World Cup, we're going to be covering the last six races on the card. Five Group 1s and one Group 2 with excellent analysis, uh, betting strategies, replays. We'll watch the races uh, live, and then we'll comment about them afterwards. You're not going to miss this show. Again, set your clocks. 9.15 Eastern Standard Time is when we're going to start our podcast to cover the last six races in Dubai this Saturday morning it's gonna be great can't wait for it also as you know you can listen to the show on spotify apple Podcasts, and anchor so please make sure you subscribe to those uh platforms and listen to us there again all their details about promotions look below the video player below the video player click the show more button below the video player i have three promotions going on right now we've got the podcast pool we have a special promotion with BetUS, fantastic betting site where you can get 125% back of any deposit, $50 or more, using the promo code and a credit card. It's a fantastic. If you haven't looked into BetUS, check out the promo code below by hitting that show more button. And also, of course, the podcast uh, pool and the race day blog as well. So a lot of things going on. Please check below the video player. All right, we don't want to waste any more time because I have a great guest. He's been on uh, this network before. 
did a great job. We had a lot of fantastic uh, comments, viewers. He does an excellent job. He's got his own podcast uh, that he co-hosts with Fairgrounds. He knows Fairgrounds like a glove. He gave us some great handicapping tips last uh, time on the show when we had the preview for Louisiana Derby Day Car. Let's bring him on right now live, not from New Orleans, actually, from a probably five-star hotel in Baton Rouge. Let's bring on right now, it's Chad Schecksneider. Chad, how are you doing tonight? What's up, Howard? How are you? Yeah, I was in New Orleans last night, but not tonight. Work travel, so uh, checking in checking in from the Hilton tonight. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here with us tonight. Let me go ahead and switch the uh, uh, banner here and make it. There we go. I'm sorry. I want to go just like that. Uh, actually, I'm glad you're in uh, Baton Rouge tonight. Very quickly, everyone in your family safe and sound. Uh, horrible weather last night in New Orleans for people who don't know there's a tornado, which is quite unusual going through, you know, the city limits when there's no hurricane. Um, unfortunately, I heard there was a fatality. There's a lot of damage, but uh, did not affect the racetrack. Is that correct? No, it hit a, the main part of the damage was in a, a little city called Araby, which is about five miles away from the track. Um, but, you know, um, people I knew and some other people, um, Mike Delberto, we taped our podcast today. He knew somebody that was over that, that got hit pretty hard. So, yeah, it was a, kind of a strange night last night. Everybody was checking their phones, watching the TV, um, and uh, it was pretty bad weather. We knew it was coming, but you never really – we don't get tornadoes down here. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Hurricanes come with warning, and we know about those. But, um, yeah, definitely prayers go out to those people in Araby and all those affected around the area. Um, it did not hit the racetrack, so we're good to go this week for Saturday. Yeah, that's good. Very scary. I'm glad the racetrack is okay. And of course, our condolences and prayers sent out to everyone who was affected by the uh, a tornado. From what I understand, the weather's going to be great the rest of the week, however. Sunny 70s. And I actually heard the track didn't get actually a lot of rain. I think I saw that somewhere. Um, so I'm not sure how much rain really the, the, the grass course really took. I'm assuming it's going to be firm for Saturday. It's going to be firm, and I was surprised they took it off the turf today, to be honest with you. You know, we started racing for this week today. They took it off the turf. Um, I don't know why. I mean, it was pretty good shape. The rail's out right now, but it's going to be back to zero for the weekend. Um, so the rail will be down, back to zero. Everybody's saying the inside should be good. We haven't run on the inside in, in, in a month, probably. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. I'm a little skeptical that the inside's really going to be that good. We'll see how it plays. Well, I know you talked about that last time. We'll, we'll get into the turf racing because it's – it's tricky sometimes uh, with, with that turf course. And uh, if it's a big day at fairgrounds, there's a chance there might be some bombs on the turf. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, there might not be bombs on the dirt, but we'll, we'll get into that as well. Uh, Chad, two quick items before we get into our handicapping. Number one, of course, we got a big Kentucky Derby prep and Oaks prep. I don't want to give any shade to the Phillies. But right now, quickly talk about your top three Derby contenders and what effect you think these fairgrounds races during the winter will have an overall effect on the Derby itself. I've thought for a long time now, actually the last couple of months without these Baffert horses getting points that the, most of these horses could come out of New Orleans and they could come out of uh, Gulfstream. Um, my top three right now, I would have Epicenter first, um, a little bit of a homer pick. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I have that horse in the, in the future pools, belt well bet. So I like Epicenter. I have him on top and he's been good to me. Um, I really was impressed with Forbidden Kingdom in California. I think that horse is very talented. He's got the kind of running style that's been winning the Kentucky Derbys in years past on the front end, run him into the ground speed. Um, he's impressive. And I think, uh, you know, another horse I was really impressed with in the Risen Star who didn't get a great trip, didn't break well, was Zandon. Zandon for Chad Brown. I think um, I'm interested to see where he, he ends up next. Uh, I think that horse can run all day, and he's going to improve 
um, with every start. So he intrigues me hope, uh, in, in the Derby as well right now. Yeah, my top three right now are all coming out of the Risen Star. I've got Zandon's my top choice right now. I just think he's fascinating. I'm interested to see what it does in the bluegrass. I've got Epicenter. I have a future bet on him too, just 50 bucks. But I got him at uh, like you know 28 to one, so I'll be happy to take 1400 uh, if he wins. And then um, also uh, Smile Happy, my third choice. Forbidden Kingdoms getting a lot of sort of love right there. Um, so you have to prove to me he gets a distance, but he is very very fast. And I've talked last week about this, Chad. This might be one of the first time in a while there could be a heated pace in the Derby. We might get a very honest pace and might set up for a mid-pack or a closer. Uh, hard to say. We're still, still a long ways out, but there sure is some early speed lined up this year so far. No, there is. It'll be an interesting scene. Honestly, you know, with these point systems the way they are now, a fourth-place finish, definitely a third-place finish in these 100-point races, you're in the Derby. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And even the 10 points um, you're getting for fourth place, if you got points, you know, if you got 10, 15 points already, 10 points to get you in as well. So very important to um, keep riding for those third and fourth place spots for sure. Yeah, of course, the elf in the room is what's going to happen with the Baffert horses. I mean, Messier is not slow either. So if something happens and he gets in, that would just probably add to the pace. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, I'm going to bring up in the screen uh, Chad, let me take the banner down here that I have uh, the scroll on the bottom here real quick as I do that. I want to bring up the jockey and trainer standings. I know I didn't prep you on this, but obviously you've, you've covered fairgrounds like a glove, so that's not a big deal for you. Let me just go ahead and share the screen I have on the other side. Um, talk a little bit. I'm going to go full screen here for a minute. Anything surprised you as we ended the last week? At James Graham, I don't know. This is before today, so I'm not sure what happened today, to be very honest. Um, anything surprise you on this list? Do you think Graham and, um, and, and Ron are going to hold on here to win the titles again? I do. Um, James Graham, I think he won three today. So oh, wow. he's just increasing his lead. He's riding well. He's won multiple jockey titles here. Um, rides a lot for, um, a lot of the good outfits like Tom Amos and, um, you know, some others. So he, he's, um, he's done well. Actually, he won the first race at the meet today for Ron Fauche. It's the first time Graham's rode for him. So wow. a odd that those two hooked up. But Fauche, I think, won a couple today, too. So he, he's put a good number ahead of Brad Cox now. Uh, Cox has the bullets, obviously, if he wanted to make this close, he could. I don't think he will. Fauche's uh, got a ton of horses in over the next four days. Um, he wants to win it, man. Ron, Ron's a New Orleans guy. He grew up, um, grew up in the city, and it, it, means, it means a lot to him. Um, and he won it last year, and he, he was, you know, a lot of people were happy for him. So, um, not really. I'll tell you who surprised me is Chris Hartman, man. He's had a fantastic meet. His horses have just run very well. He's made some true claims, some true claims, and, um, you know, he's just had an unbelievable meet. Tom Amos is always strong here, and obviously Brett. Um, you know, I'm glad Deshaun Parker and Loveberry came down. I think they, they added to the colony we had here. Um, you know, then they did they did really well. I hope they come back. Um, you know, Mitchell Marlin, Colby, and Brian are all the usual suspects. So uh, we have a few invaders coming in, though, for this weekend, the Gaffleones and, um, and those kind of guys. So uh, I know Junior Alvarado's coming in, too, to try to steal some purse money, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Ray Lou got off to a fast start. I have to admit, I don't watch fairgrounds on a daily basis. <laughs> no no shade to anyone out there. Um, is he just knocked out in the mounts? Has he just been struggling a little bit? I mean, obviously you know, he's doing well, but he was red hot there for a while, I believe. No, he was hot at the beginning of the meet. He, he's done well. No, he, he's won his share of races. Um, I know he's taken a couple of trips to Oakland for the weekend. Um, so he's been out of town a little bit here and there for a few big races, and he's come back in. But no, he, he's a talented little rider, man. I mean, he, he's streaky. You know, I find at the fairgrounds, he, he was really streaky. So 
Um, you know, not not so much streaky as going like over, you know, 15, 16, but hitting the board. Um, but no, he's got his he's got his followers and he's got the guys that like to bet on him. Well, and you mentioned the jockeys. I mean, basically the best jockeys in the United States are either in two places this weekend for the most part. They're either in Dubai because there are some there. I don't know if you heard my preview. Got a really exciting podcast. I'm excited about Saturday. I've been deep diving into those races as well. I, I enjoy uh, betting the international races as well. Um, uh, by the way, I don't know. I'm just way off the off the deep end here. I don't know if you saw any of the races or replays from Cheltenham, but there mm-hmm. were like a hundred. I don't know how many people were at that track in Ireland, but over the jumps. But wow, does that look that looked like a crazy atmosphere? Um, and the U.S. jockeys are going to be either in Dubai or you know in New Orleans, basically. So you already mentioned it with Rosario. I don't even know if you mentioned Rosario. I think no, I didn't. Yeah, but he's riding a lot. <laughs> he's of pretty good. Sure. He's only Eclipse Award winner, Chad. Yeah. You buried the lead there. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, it's gonna be, he a, it's gonna be a, a great. Lot, he comes in a lot for Steve. He does. Uh, before we, we're gonna get jump in the handicapping right now. Um, and as I, we're gonna show the Equibase uh, entries for the first three races. I've got a special banner for the last two races in general. Before we get into the card, your thoughts about the card in general, the late pick five. I know you mentioned to me through email. We're not gonna talk about it very much today, but there are some very good main races. Earlier in the card, I'm sure some high-priced horses. So people like looking at the early three-year-olds or some maiden races. There would be some really high-quality races before the All-Six uh, late pick five as well. Yeah, pay attention to those maiden races. Uh, Brad Cox and Steve Asmussen have live horses in those maiden races. Um, the late pick five, you know, overall, I think this card is a little bit weaker than the original star card from a betting perspective. Maybe not from a quality perspective, but we know a lot more about these horses now. Um, and I think we're just going to have some big favorites in, um, in the back half of the card that I think, um, you know, betters can probably lean on in their, in their pick three, pick four, and pick five tickets. So uh, once we get into it, we can talk a little bit more about it. You know, so it becomes one of those days where um, there's 50 set pick fours or pick threes or whatever you do. You know, you bounce those up a little bit. You play them for $2. You play them for $5. And you, you try to hammer it that way if, you, if that's the kind of style you like to go at it with. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I think, um, you know, it's very top-heavy. These races, once we get into them, you'll see we're very, it's very um, prohibitive favorites. Yeah. Well, you don't know my picks yet, so I think I'm going to throw a few few curveballs at you. But, yeah, there there are going to be some heavy favorites. And for those of you that are part of my podcast pool, uh, this late pick five, Chad, is going to be part of the podcast pool here for the HHE Racing Podcast, which basically uh, we pool some money together uh, to bet um, some big tickets. So uh, people are interested to see your opinions and especially on how you suggest we do our uh, ticket construction. Did you, hit, you did, did you hit the risen star pick five players pool? Uh, we did not. There was a, there was a bomb. One of the turf races had a bomb, the turf right? Races, gotcha. Yeah. Cause we, we both loved epicenter in there. I know that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying. Yeah. We had epicenter there. Uh, I'm trying to think back now. Who was the bomb that won the turf? Ra- uh, uh, she can't, she can't sing. She's back. Yeah. Here. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that, that, that one knocked us out. Um, she's right. racing again, by the way. We're actually in this first race, I think we're going to talk about. All yeah. right, uh, one thing we're going to do a little bit differently, uh, you're going to see this, Chad. I started this last week. Uh, I think it, it looks better. I like it this way. Is on the bottom of the screen now, folks, you're going to see a scroll of all of our picks. So you're going to see, you, folks, you feel free to write it down or you can watch later or whatever. And, of course, H is Howard, C is Chad. So, Chad, you can you know peek down once in a while. You can see all of our picks there for all the five races together 
instead of separate banners, it creates more room on the bottom of the screen. I just like it better uh, that way. And of course, at the end, folks, we're going to talk about our Caveman Pick 5 tickets and ticket construction. Uh, all right, are we ready to rock and roll, Chad? Let's get to it. All right, let's do it. So uh, here we go. First race, I'm going to go ahead and bring it up on the screen here, share my screen. And there we go. I'm going to go full screen here. So the late pick five, of course, we'll show the PPs too. The late pick five starts approximately, uh, it's a race eight, approximately, um, that says 337, that is central time. So approximately 437 Eastern Standard Time. It's the Tom Menson Memorial Stakes. It's for fillies and mares. They're going a mile and a 16th on the turf. It's $100,000. It's a field of nine. I'll go ahead. You can see the field right there, folks. Field of nine. And the morning line, I did not refresh this. So actually, you don't see. Let me see what happens if I refresh this. See if the morning. There we go. Morning line. There we go. The morning line. Apologize again for the advertisements. Uh, morning line favorite is the six. Hendy Woods uh, for Gaffleon. Uh, Cassie and Gaffleon. I will admit, Chad, I've had a very busy week, busy day. The uh, morning lines just came out today. I'm not sure when they came out today because I they weren't out last night. So this is literally the first time, ladies and gentlemen, that I am seeing the morning lines. I personally did not handicap these races uh, with the morning lines. Chad, did you? I don't believe you did either. Correct? No. And I, to be honest with you, I kind of like I, I like it that way. I like it too. Yeah, I like it that way. Yeah. And another thing I sometimes I do um, is I handicap backwards. So I'll handicap. Um, the card backwards when I want to play a pick five, I'll start with the last race and see how I want to end it first. And that's just something I read in a handicapping book where you just kind of switch it up and yeah. you, you kind of feel like um, you're in more control when you're looking at it fresh with the last race. But um, yeah, the eighth race here is a good race. It's on the turf. And, you know, I was kind of looking for a fresh face in here. Um, we got two fresh faces. I think that's going to be, uh, be tough. And, and Mike did put them the top two choices on the morning line and Hindi woods is five to two. And you look at Gam's mission coming off a layoff at seven to two. Hindy Woods, I think, has the speed in this race to be dangerous. Um, you know, it all depends on what the outside horse does in there. Lovely ride, who uh, switching barns, I believe. Yeah, she's going from Brett Calhoun's barn to Deodoro. I'm not exactly sure why that all transpired, but um, I did pick Hindy Woods on top. She's a horse that's shown affection for this turf course. She won her first two starts here. Um, Gaff Leone gets back aboard. He knows how to ride her. And I just think she's tactical and, you know, coming off the bench, I think her speed could play well in this spot. Yeah. And the other layoff horse, uh, would be, uh, Gamma's mission, who I think was a bit underrated last year. I mean, she was in some very tough spots for Sheree DeVoe gets a Bishiza in the irons this Saturday. Right. And, and, you know, she, we saw her here as well at the fairgrounds. She ran on, um, on Derby day last year. She broke her maiden actually on Louisiana Derby day last year. So, yeah. Um, she ran well. She she parlayed that into a couple more wins. They threw her into the deep end in the Belmont Oaks. She didn't embarrass herself. I mean, she was fourth in there, um, and she ran, you know, the mile and a quarter you know, admirably. Um, then they gave her some time off, brought her back back with Duck, and she ran well in that race, too, and didn't get the perfect trip in there. So she's very talented. Cherie DeVos had a fantastic meet here, um, and her fillies have run off the screen a lot of times. She's done well with first-time starters. And um, I think this one – I, the, the question I have is, I'm sure this is a prep for something probably at Keeneland. So how tight is she? That's my question, actually, for both of them. Maybe Hindi Woods is probably yeah. one of the more Churchill route. So my question for both of them is, is this a prep for something else? How tight are they? We'll see. I just think they're both talented in, in this field. They don't have to beat 
they don't have to be much anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you, you basically, I'm going to go ahead and put us on screen because I just want to emphasize what you just said. I think that's the whole key to the race. I mean, it's hard for you to believe that a $100,000 race, which, by the way, is like a main race in Churchill Downs these days, right. is what these horses are shooting for. These, these have got to be just, you know, a means to an end. Now, I'm not suggesting they're not ready at all. I'm not suggesting they're not going to try to win. But as two of the lower prices, horses coming off layoffs, where their goals are most likely something else. That's a little bit dicey. And that's the reason why I'm not going with one of these two on top. Um, I'm going lovely ride. Uh, nine to two. I see is a little low for me personally. Again, this is the first time I'm literally looking at these morning lines. Uh, there's two things I like about lovely ride. Number one is it just seems to me, Chad, that often in these big turf races at fairgrounds, the speed doesn't really develop. And when you have horses coming off the layoff, I think it's a very murky pace situation. Jeru has to go, in my opinion, from the outside. I think she has the most natural speed. Um, she's run well twice. Uh, she won two back, and then she just lost last time to pass the play to sort of upset the field, uh, you know, in a, in a prep race that was sort of two preps back before this race. Um, I don't know. I was hoping to get a little background from you on what happened with the trainer change, but, I mean, I like Ziodoro. There's nothing wrong with that. She's been working well. Um, I just am not enamored with the horses that are coming off the layoff. I mean, I think personally, if Hen if Hendy Woods is ready, she's by far the horse to beat based on who she faced last year and her figs. But again, is Cassie have her, you know, cranked up for this? Um, I I'm guessing no, but we'll have to see. Um, I also, and, and then my other two again are the, are the four and six. I don't really see that much else in here. Um, anything is, is, is possible. Uh, we've got, you know, there she can't sing who upset the field last time for a love bearing block, which drove me up the wall. Cause I'm a Chicago guy and I love Chris block. And I just didn't see, you know, she really hadn't got the distance or block decided not to race her the distance. All of a sudden she's exploding. The lane came over the top. She's got two bullet works, Chad. I mean, I'm assuming I've got her as a B by the way, I am going deep in this race, uh, because as we'll talk about, there's a lot of other, uh, races in this sequence that seem as heavy favorites so are you just going to just spread deeply and hope you get a price or i mean what's your thought in general here that's been my thought on the big days for turf races is the spread pretty deep and, and she can't sing is one i'll probably i'll probably use um you know obviously last time the wind bet on her that was the time to have her um you, you know you really you really kind of have a bad taste in your mouth that nine to two or six to one, whatever she's going to be after she wins that 24 to one, you know, you don't want to chase the win money there, but you know, can you let her beat you? I, I don't think so. She's ran so well here. She finally got that win over the track. Um, you know, and, and she fits with these kinds. She's been here the whole time. The only thing about the nine that's kind of weird, and this is probably reading into it way too much, but you know, when this horse obviously transferred Barnes, he, uh, she went to Oakland and she worked twice at Oakland and Theodora has to swing her back and bring her back down here to run on the turf. And I'm just like, well, you know, he had a couple of stalls here. I'm not sure if there was a plan for her to race somewhere in, in, in another race. And they said, oh, well, she runs so good the turf. Let's just go back there and do it. So she missed the one in between in February. There's just some question marks for me on her. I, you know, I think she's got the great pose. She likes it here and everything. And I, I, I don't know. She just, there's something going on there that we don't really know yet. Um, it'll probably come out before the race, um, what happened, but I don't know it now. Um, I, that's actually an excellent point. I I do find that strange. Maybe he thought they were in a runner on a spot of the dirt, and then it maybe didn't fill or something. I don't know. It's very exactly, strange. Right. Um, there's a comment, by the way. Again, people are watching. A lot of people watching. Uh, Wayne Bertrand. Wayne, thanks for joining the show. You see comments at the bottom, Chad. 
mention that Gamma's mission had a, a bad bobble in the last race at Aqueduct that probably uh, cost her. And you can see on the uh, on the short comments there, it does say stumbled. We're not going to watch that replay. But Gamma's mission can win. Anything else you want to talk about in this race here? You got some horses on the inside. But the horses on the inside, you know, generally are closers. Lake Lucerne, I'm sure, can win for Walsh. But here's another horse coming off a layoff that probably wants to go further. Yes, yeah, so Walsh has two of them in here, right? He has the one, Lake Lucerne, and he also has the three, I Hear You. Um, yeah. I Hear You is kind of light on the figures when you look at Third Graph and, and the buyer speed figures. Hasn't won over the track yet. Was only beaten two lengths by She Can't Sing, and, and she didn't get away from the gate either that day. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, this is just a wide-open race. Lake Lucerne, I mean, look, you're going for Ramon Hernandez, nothing against Ramon, but you get Rosario on the irons now. Um, you know, coming out of two grade three races, and this is a listed stake, you know, another one off the layoff. So you probably do have to go pretty deep in here um, to, to, to get out of it just to feel comfortable. That being said, um, you know, when I hit the all button, Hindi Woods rolls by at two to one, and it's all over. So it's all over. That's very possible. I, I suppose, you know, Rosario jumping on Lake Lucerne might give me a little more attention just because he's not just going to hop on anyone in these races. So perhaps this uh, f- uh, five-year-old mare is ready. All right, let's go on. It's, it's, a, it's a tough race. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. I'm assuming Hundy Woods is going to be the favorite. I don't think either one of us would actually want that horse to win, though. So it's going to be one of those based on the rest of the uh, sequences we're about to see. All right, let's go back to the Equibase uh Entries here, and let's go on to the next race. Race nine. This is the New Orleans Classic Stakes. It's a grade two. This is for the older males. They're going to be going a mile and eighth on the dirt. This is a nice purse. Wow, half a million dollars. Real nice purse. Uh, small field. I'm not surprised, Chad, just because, again, a lot of the best older horses are in Dubai or, you know, resting up for, you know, maybe Keeneland, well, not Keeneland, but, you know, a big campaign the rest of the summer. But congrats to uh, Fairgrounds for putting up this nice a purse. A little disappointing it's a small field, but it's a nice field. Uh, the big favorite, uh, one of three big favorites on the sequence we're going to talk about here. Uh, this one is the number two Olympiad for Mott and Alvarado. And you are going, as I'm sort of scrolling here, that is your topic, I believe, yes. Yeah, you know, it's a shame that there is – it's a shame for us that there is a Dubai. Otherwise, you would have Mandaloon and Midnight Bourbon in this race. Yeah. Um, and you could probably have Warrant, who ran second in the Santa Anita Derby. If he don't go to California chasing a grade one, he probably stays here if this is a grade one to run in here. So a little bit unfortunate from that perspective that those horses who trained here all winter um, don't run in the marquee older – you know, race for <laughs> race for dirt horses here. But, you know, nonetheless, you have Olympiad coming back who, wow, he was just super impressive last time, Howard. Um, even money, he made he made even money hold up, set a new track record by a one-hundredth of a second in there, um, ran a negative number in thoroughgraph. And okay. he's got, and, you know, and he's actually, he's going to get a pace set up that's better for him this time than what he had last month. I mean, there's just, this whole field's full of closers. Um, and he could be long gone in the stretch by the time these horses start making their closing move. Eight to five would be eight to five would be a gift. I mean, this horse would be three to five, I believe, when uh, when the dust settles. But um, you know, you have some other horses in here. You know, a guy like Todd Pletcher, he loves to send horses to this race. He's won this race six times, um, all since 2007. He did have Fearless back here a couple of years ago that was favored that that ran off the board. But Todd usually is pretty good at this race. Pretty good at pointing a horse that he likes for this race, who's going to like the long stretch of the fairgrounds. Um, Dallas Stewart does well in this race, too. You know, Chess Chief they, uh, won this race last year. 
Um, and he ran in it two years ago and was DQ'd actually for third. But um, he won this race last year. Dallas has won this race a couple of times um, himself. And Chess Chief, look, if Chess Chief keeps winning here, he's got a stake named after him because he's run 31 times and all five wins have come at the fairgrounds. So he don't win anywhere else. But he wins, the, he wins at the fairgrounds, and he gets Lasix back on. So, um, But Dallas isn't going to take him out of his style of run uh, just to come and press Olympiad, I think. You're going to see Dallas, you know, closing like he usually does with this horse. And um, I think, you know, maybe try to find a horse that's a price if you want to play a try or something like that. Don't take the second choice, whoever that may be. But I think Olympia is just going to be long gone. Um, Proxy is very interesting. Um, did you pick Proxy on top? or I sure did. <laughs> yeah, Pro- Proxy. You know, I-, I chased Proxy last year. I had the future bet on him. Five um, to two. Uh, oh well, my goodness! <laughs> he, he was, I mean, he, this horse would have to be five to one for me to bet him. But who's making the? Who's doing the damn morning lines at fairgrounds? Don't you know this guy? You need to talk yeah. to him, Chad. Yeah. Well, he's going to be five. That, that's the thing. Everybody, they <laughs> love that horse down here. I mean, he's he's yeah. um he's coming second off the layoff. Mike Stidham's talked about. Um, they took the blinkers off of him, and it didn't really help him last year. He, Mike didn't think it really helped, so. Uh, they taking it off. He's got. He's gonna have to be a little closer too. He's got to get away from the gate a little better. But um, I think Mike Stidham's looking for a big four-year-old season on a proxy, and he's gonna use this race maybe for something at Keeneland next or something on Derby Day for him. We'll see. Um, but yeah, obviously Olympiad. I, you know, like I said, he's gonna be long gone by the time the dust settles. I believe in this race. You know, unless something weird happens. Um, but it, it's a good feel. I just wish there was more speed in here so we can get a, a more even-run race. Yeah, I was going to show the proxy replay. Again, replays are tricky because, unfortunately, the uh, uh, I'm not sure who does the YouTube channel for the fairgrounds, but it's not really consistent. They don't have every race up, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get into it. But anyway, um, I will say, uh, listen, we're going to say this a bunch of times in the next you know, half an hour here. Uh, Olympiad, by far the horse to beat. You're not getting eight to five. We agree with that. Um Proxy to me, if I if I'm gonna take a horse, I want it to be one of the four year olds, one of the new four year olds that's progressive. Uh, Proxy faced a field last time that's not nearly as good as this field. However, I like the way he did it because uh, he didn't break rate and he just came over the top and he was sort of in hand late. I mean, again, the visual to me was impressive. Only got a 93 buyer. I see no reason why this horse can't jump up and get you know a high 90 buyer and will improve also with the distance. So. The question to me that I have before we move on, Chad, I think this is the whole key of the race. If you're Gaffley owned, let's say you and I own uh, Promise Keeper, okay? And we got where Todd is, well, he would probably never listen to us. But anyway, <laughs> you know, we're, we're in the paddock, right? I'm, don't you tell Tyler to send? I mean, the only way you're going to beat Olympiad is to get the jump on him. I would I would just absolutely, I don't, I don't know if he's fast enough. I, he has shown speed in the past. No, I mean, you, go, you, go, you, go, you go to his second race at, at Gulfstream and he went... On, on the slop in a half to 45 and three. I think this horse does have speed if he can get out of the gate. He didn't really get out of the gate well last time at Oakland, by the way. I would just tell Tyler to send and try to bottom out the field and take your chances. I mean, he's not going to go by Olympiad in the stretch by stalking, right? No, you're right. I mean, he didn't He didn't have much of a shot at Oakland, to be honest with you. I mean, he was, no. um, you know, that was just, he, he ran around there. So, you know, I think, um, you know, he, he does have speed, and I think he's got to use it. He's actually working um, with that three-year-old that Pletcher has, Charge It. Yeah. Um, that's a really good three-year-old. Um, I don't know if he's as good as Charge It is, but he's four years old. So, uh, you know, we'll see. If you look on XBTV, you can you can find that workout from the 19th um, with Charge It in it. But, you know, he, he's a nice horse, and I think you're right. I think tactically he has to he has to try 
you know, and, and, and break and go and, and make yeah. the Olympic work a little bit. Uh, I didn't happen to see that work. How did he work with Charge It, by the way? Who, who, who looked better? Uh, Hard to say. Charge, charge It. Wow. <laughs> by the way, I think he is fascinating going forward. I don't know. I think he's running the Florida Derby. Uh, I think he's a serious horse. Uh, I'm fa- I like him better than any of the horses that have been running down at Florida. I know we're digressing, but I like Charge It a lot. I don't know if the Derby, you know, if he qualifies, the Derby might be too much too soon for him. I believe he's a Windstar also. Uh, I, I like him. Well, um, Promise, Keeper, Promise Keeper runs huge in this race. <laughs> okay. Put, put that asterisk I, by Charge It. I will also say that a lot of Pletcher's horses coming off layoffs unusually have not done well. Like, um, uh, command performance. There's a bunch of horses that have sort of disappointed off the layoff. So the fact that Promise Keeper actually ran pretty well off the layoff gives me, um, you know, cause for pause in a good way. But again, I, if I think anyone that upsets the field, it's going to be proxy coming over the top. But Olympiad's clearly the horse to beat. Uh, all right, let's go on to the next race. Here's a race that I think the most wide open race. In fact, I'm pretty sure the most wide open race of the late pick five. Really good uh, race here coming up, so I go ahead and switch. This is going to be on turf again. And as we mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, it just seems like turf can yield some prices at the fairgrounds. This is the Munez Memorial Classic. It's their top turf race of the year at fairgrounds. Uh, it is for the older males. They're going a mile and eighth on the turf. It's a $300,000 purse. I'm going to go ahead and go full screen here. It's a field of nine, as we can see right there. Uh, my buddy on the bottom of the screen <laughs> that was bet down unbelievably in the last time, uh, Santine actually did run well, didn't win, but he ran well. Uh, is seven to two, but the, the two favorites here are the Chad Brown horses at two to one and five to two. I'm chuckling a little because I think both of them are hard to trust. I'm sure you agree. Sacred Life and Devamani, either one of them can win. Who do you like here, Chad, in Munez? I don't like the Chad Browns and their combined 15 years experience. Um, I, I don't like those two. I, I got a price horse in here that I really like, and it, it, it's it's another mystery. And I, I could be getting a little bit greedy because um, I did like this horse, the Sam Houston last night. I really thought the horse got up. He dead heated into Connolly, which was a great grade three. Um, if you look at his figures, it's one of the probably the best races he's run uh, in the last couple of years. I, you know, this horse, he's going to need a pace set up. Loveberry likes to come from over the top. He goes back on Lasix now. Um, you know, I think this horse gets the setup he wants in here. Sacred Life, um, if I had to pick a brown horse, I think Sacred Life is much better than the other one. I don't like I don't like the three Nevermind at all. I think his best races are on soft turf. Um, he likes a little give in the ground. He's not going to get that here. Um, so, you know, if he comes over here, I think he's he's a bet against. I'm not even using Devamani in the pick five. If I don't have to, I mean, if I hit all on a ticket, I'll, obviously he'll fall into that group. But he's definitely a favorite I would pick against. Um, but Sacred Life, you know, they work together as well. Both of yeah. these horses, if you look at XBTV, they, they're working together. Um, I think Sacred Life is a better horse, and he outworks them every time. Um, now, you don't know that you really, you know, can't trust too much on the workouts. But that being said, um, you know, I'm going to use Sacred Life for sure. I just like these turf horses. I like these prices. And another mystery at 12 to 1 intrigues me. Um, it intrigues me a lot, and I think you got to use Santine too. You know, go back and watch that race. He started running late when he got the chance. He was coming. Um, you know, he just wasn't going to get there. Uh, Calvary Charge hung on, but uh, I think some people are going to come back on Calvary Charge in here as well. But 
Um, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I just think Calvary Charge doing that twice in a row, the rails being in, I think it should play a little more fair. And there's a little more speed, hopefully, in here to set it up for an, another mystery for me. By the way, when Calvary, we I we talked about Calvary Charge a little bit last time, and, and I've been with this time horse. Before. Yeah, yeah, I've been before. Yeah, we both did, and I I I remember talking to you about it on our show here. You go back and check it out, folks. I remember I said on the show, I said, "What kind of ride was Calvary?" I don't know if you remember this. I said, "What kind of ride did Calvary Charge get last time?" And of course, the time we don't bet him, he wins it. What was it? I mean, oh, boy, I'll tell you Look. what that that race frustrated me more than anything because I loved him the time before. He yep. got a ridiculous ride, no disrespect, but it was just he didn't use his speed. And then he uses his speed and wins at a monster price. He's not impossible here. Santine, I thought ran well. Um, I'm surprised. I'm a little surprised that Hamo didn't come back to this race, Chad. I I suppose. Um, you know, that's Pletcher, right? If I, or is that Chad? That's Chad Brown. Chad's already got two in here. So I guess he's pointing out Hamo for something else. I, I was a little surprised, to be honest. But I thought Santine just, he, he, you know, he just, at Hamo came over the top. I think the experience might have hurt Santine a little bit. But he ran on. He ran very well. Um, obviously, the strange thing is last time he was, what, like 12 to 1 morning line, went <laughs> off at 5 to 2. I actually think he's going to go off at a higher price this time because this field is, a little bit better, but I think he can win. Um, I, I'm going to, uh, Chad, I, I, I love having you on the show. I think you're nuts. If, if another mystery wins this freaking race, we I will be out of the pick five. I hear what you're saying. You know I got mad love and respect for you. I, I just, I don't see it. I, I think this horse wants longer than, you know, than a mile and eighth. Last time, you know, it wasn't the greatest field. Uh, it was all bunched together in the Connolly. Um, I know it's Block and Loveberry, and I'm going to rewind this on Saturday or whatever <laughs> and say, you freaking idiot, you just lost again to a Block horse. But I I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see it. This horse wins, you know, once every, you know, 12 times or whatever. I just, I don't know. They actually suck for 24. I'm, I'm giving I, him a little too much shade, but I don't know. I, I, I don't. He, when does he won consecutive races? And this is a much tougher right. field. No, so, I hear you. I, I hear what you're saying, too, so. I'm just, just giving like, you a little like shit, but to be honest, I just... I like the price. I like the I, price on there. I like the price, and I like the, I like the distance, the long stretch. I think fits him here. Um, nah, I, you know, so we'll see. Santine, I, actually, Santine actually fits one of my one of my angles that that I've played for years, and second time over the turf here. Horses okay. just improved. I, I love second time over the turf here at the fairgrounds. I think horses can jump up and get better by four or five lengths. Yeah. Um, and Santine having to run over the turf last time, I think sets him up perfect in here. Now, I want to make this clear, especially the podcast pool players. I'm going to try to find a price. All right, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, I, again, I did not know the morning lines before I made my picks because now I look like a freaking idiot. Uh, Sacred Life is the best horse in this race. Uh, does that mean he's going to win? I don't know. Would I bet him a 2-1? to one? Never in my entire life would I bet this horse. He would have to be like 7-2 to two for me to put a win bet on him. That's my value line. But, I mean, you take a look. I'll go full screen. He's not uh, a horse you can trust on the win end. He's got eight seconds. Look who he's lost to. Colonel Liam, field pass, breaking the rules. Rinaldi was very good at that time at Saratoga and got away with just an easy pace. Some like at Hot Brown got away with an easy pace. Raging Bull, Digital Age. I mean, this horse has been facing very nice horses. He can still run. And by the way, totally agree with you on the workouts. I watched the last few. Was definitely outworking Devamani. Um, is a year younger, if that matters to people. Um, he's got to get the right trip. I mean, I don't want Drew like staying inside the whole time. He's got to angle out. He's got a wicked late kick. 
Um, can he get the right trip? Can he get up? I don't know. But he's not the horse a horse you can trust, and he's not a horse that's going to like you know explode and win by three lengths either. So I can totally understand why you're against this horse. I've got Devamani in third. Um, I again, he's faced good horses. I think he's run okay on the firm. I mean, how good does he have to run? He's won 97, 98, 95. Last time, I don't know what happened, what, what Morales was doing. This horse was way too far back. And Cheryl Spite, who's a nice horse, um, you know, won the race from a little bit closer up. And Get Smoking, by the way, he ran second, is racing in Dubai in the Al Quaz uh, six furlong turf sprint, which sort of surprised oh. me, but good luck to him there. Um, oh. Anyway. So and Chad, I, Chad's done well. Chad's done well in this race. You know, he, he's right. He's running this race six times. He's got two wins, a second and a third. Um, you know, he brought bricks and mortar here in 2019 to start off his horse of the year campaign. So, you know, Chad knows what kind of horse I think to bring here. Um, like I said, I, I just got to leave one of these out. And if I have to leave, let leave one out, I'll leave the three out. I'm going to use sacred, leave sacred life though. Yeah, totally get it. Now we've talked about these monster closers, right? So you know what's going to happen now, Chad? What's going to happen in this race <laughs> is two Emmys who I'm, I'm seeing this for the first time. Uh, okay, I, the horse has sort of gone off the rails, but 15 to 1 is, is boy, I, if this horse is 15 to 1, I'd bet him in a heartbeat. I mean, he's got races that can win. I don't know what happened last time. Calvary Charge wired the field, so I know you see color-coded red there, which means the pace was fast, but Calvary Charge held on. So, you know, you can't say the race fell apart. Just two Emmys was just awful that day. Uh, is he just done, Chad? Or, I mean, could he bounce back? I mean, ran, this horse can win. It wouldn't shock me at all. He ran one of those races that makes you think he is done. I mean, he just showed no fight. He, I mean, he had outside post, and I understand that, but he broke okay. And I, I just thought I kept waiting. I kept waiting for him to go, waiting for him to go. I'm like, go, go. You got to go, go get him. And he yeah, just never did. Know. Like he, he kind of got around the turn and he hung there, but he didn't look interested. Um, and you know, like we said, he was he was off to six pounds, and I, I used him uh, for sure in that race. I just, it was just dreadful to me. Um, he didn't. He is he, staying with him though. I mean, he's not giving him a layoff. He's not retiring. I mean, there. You know, no, Hugh Robertson is, is sticking with him, and I didn't see the works. I mean, he's worked consistently. I don't know if you know anything about. I mean, again, dirt works for a turf horse. I don't know, but um, he's not, you know, quitting on the horse. So maybe the horse just had a bad day. I mean, I, I'm throwing him in there for sure. I and this is the right. kind of horse that right. I've been absolutely against. But everything is situational. Right. Yeah, Every he, race is situational. Right. Uh, Chad and I are trying to find prices. He likes another mystery. I think he's crazy. Fine. No problem. I think if there's a price in this race, it could be a horse that could be up front. Um, folks, go price shopping because uh, Chad doesn't trust the Chads. Uh, I don't completely trust the Chads. These horses have just been beating each other back and forth. The rails are down, Chad. Anything else you want to talk about in this race? Not really. I mean, two Emmys ran. He ran twenty-five to one. He almost won it last year. Almost stole it, but Colonel Liam got him in the, in the, in the, right at the end. Um, but yeah. like you said, Hugh Robinson usually has a really good meet down here, and he has struggled, man. He just he's had some bad beats. Um, you know, two for thirty-two is not like him down here. So no, maybe it's something you know, just bad bad juju in the barn. Who knows? But I, <laughs> I, I expected two Emmys to run better, and uh, I just don't know. I mean, but the price will be right for him on Saturday. I think they've had a few too many nights on Bourbon Street. They better check the barn. Uh, if you see beads around the horses, have you ever yeah. seen beads around the horses? <laughs> that might be a bad sign. They've been a little late night partying. I'm no, just kidding. You, you know, actually, you bring, you bring beads around the neck up. They have a race called the Mardi Gras Handicap here. And it's run on Mardi Gras Day. And a few years back, 
um, Ronnie Werner was a trainer and he had a horse in the, um, in the Mardi Gras handicap and in the paddock, he had one of those huge long beads and he had it around the horse's neck and the steward that's in the paddock comes over and goes, is, is that part of the equipment? And Ronnie's like, I mean, I can't put a bead on a horse. It's not like, well, they, they actually let it, they let him run the, the Mardi Gras handicap with the bead around the horse's neck. Really? <laughs> wow. So, stranger things have happened. So we'll see. Listen, this is the inside info that you get from, from Chad <laughs> Chexnutter. No one else could give us this kind of info. All right, let's go on. Uh, oops, I, let me bring this uh, back on there. All right, let's go on to the next race. Uh, all right, we got two big races. Actually, I wanted to use a different screen here. Sorry. That's the screen I wanted, Chad. We got to give respect to the two biggest races of the day. Let's go full screen here. Uh, we have two huge. Again, if you have any questions uh, for Chad, we have a lot of people watching, but the comments are a little bit quiet tonight. But that's okay. That means people are paying attention. It is a little bit earlier in the week on Wednesday, Chad. I'm sure some people have not had a chance to look at the PPs like we have. So they're just watching and, of course, writing down all of the great opinions that you have and any opinions I have. They're just <laughs> scratching off completely. Uh, it's the Fairgrounds Oaks. It's a grade two, $400,000. This is the main prep, uh, local prep for the Kentucky Oaks. A lot of points here on the line for the Oaks. $400,000, a mile of 16th. And we have a monster coming back. Echo Zulu, three to five morning line. What can you say about the source? She's been awesome. She's undefeated. Won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. Um, before we talk about the race in general, talk a little about Echo Zulu. What have you heard, Chad? How has she been working? What's the vibe uh, on Echo Zulu right now? Why has she been off this long? Why not any other preps before this race? Well, I think Steve, you know, wants the Saber to have to have a big season, and um, he thinks he can get the job done here uh, just with the with the workouts that she's shown, and she really ramped it up the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, you see the work on the board at that minute and one. She actually came home in 35 and change um, in that work, which is really good here. So um, I think the screws are tight enough to win. And look, I mean, once again, from a pace perspective and being a pace handicapper, having the rail, I mean, everything is in her favor in this race. And, you know, I know you want to try to beat her one to five, three to five, whatever. Um, she, she just has them by advantage. You know, three grade ones as a, as a juvenile. Steve is very high on her. I did mention to Steve on Sunday. I told him, you know, for as many races as you've won here, um, he's never been the favorite in both the Oaks and the Derby on the same day. And um, he was just like, huh, okay. He said, um, well, you know, I guess I just got to win them both. And I'm like, well, yeah, that'd be nice, I guess, for you. Um, but no, Echo Zulu's a talented runner, man. I mean, she's Steve loves the way she's working. Um, he wants to give the fairgrounds Oaks its fair due. He don't want to look too forward into Kentucky, but obviously that's the goal with the, with the Kentucky Oaks. He likes the six weeks, he said. Um, you know, so he's expecting a, a good effort out of her. Um, I don't know if she's going to break any track records or anything like that coming off the layoff, but um, she's certainly talented and she, you know, she catches an Oaks field that let's be honest, that, that has a lot to prove from a, from a numbers perspective. Um, you know, before we talk about the rest of the field chat, yeah. I got a question for you. I'm going to bring us both back on full screen. Uh, trainers and connections, they have a pretty good idea where these horses are going to go. Do you think this is a, a weaker field other than Echo Zulu because people knew that Echo Zulu was running in this race? Or do you think just people are just choosing other spots? In other words, are horses just scared to run against Echo Zulu? Or or is it something else, do you think? No, I think, you know, 
this is the time you want to catch Echo Zulu, right? Don't you want to catch her first off the layoff? I mean, I don't know totally why. They'd agree. Be scared, I don't know why they'd be scared to run here. Um, you better be scared of her in the Oaks if she blows them out the competition here and she's working the way she, you know, the way Steve wants her to. That's the place you want to be scared of her. But I don't think you should be scared over here. I think that the Philly division was just a little light down here this year. You know, for we had a bunch of good years down here with Fairgrounds Oaks Phillies. Um, you know, we're due to, we were due to have one that. They just didn't pan out, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, Brad Cox, really, he threw a turf horse into the Rachel for the hell of it and, and pops and wins at 17 to 1. Um, got an 81 buyer for, for, for a grade two. I mean, that's unheard of. Um, so I just don't think, I'm surprised Moore didn't try to ship in, to be honest with you. I mean, Pletcher shipped in every time, but I'm surprised that, you know, some of them didn't ship in again to, uh, to, try, to try and get some points here because. It's a lot of points, and, and you need the points to, to be in the Oaks. So you got to get them from somewhere, and um, this might be the time to catch Echo Zulu. So I don't think it's I don't I don't think it was that. I just think that down here right now, you know, we had a lot of good years with Oak Phillies, and this year was just a little light. Yeah. Now let's talk about the horse that I have. And again, I'm trying to beat the favorite. I'm not an idiot, folks. Uh, some people might say I am. That's okay. Echo Zulu is tons, tons, tons the horse to beat. Anyone who looks at the PPs knows. Um, I'm going to try to beat her. I, I guess I'm very stubborn, Chad. You've got this horse second, Hidden Connection. Um, to me, this is make it or break it. I mean, I don't know what's going on with this horse. Um, I, I loved her in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. I'll be, I'll just flat out say it. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong. She didn't break well. It was a nightmare trip. It just didn't work out. Okay, fine. Uh, last time, I guess you could say she needed the race, but I thought she was just awful, to be honest. She was two to one. I only lost by, you know, three lengths, but I expected a much better performance. Had absolutely zero excuses. You've got her second. I mean, it looks like she's just going to sit off of Echo Zulu. I mean, I don't know what her excuses are going to be this time. Um, can she beat Echo Zulu if she runs back to her races last year at Churchill? I don't see why not. But again, she's got a lot of questions to answer right now. I think with Hidden Connection, um, Brett didn't have her the way he wanted her. I think the outside draw made them made them use her up um, a little bit. Uh, you know, Ray Lou came back and said, you know, he was in a good spot. To be honest with you, if you remember that race, LaCrete was on the lead. And she yeah. broke. She, and LaCrete would have went on to win that race. There's no doubt in my mind. I think she got to jump on the rest of that field and she'd have been long gone in the stretch. Um Echo, uh, Echo Zulu, Hidden's connection had to had to shift a little bit in that little but inside the three eighths bowl. When that happened, I don't know. I don't think she took a bad step or anything, but I think she just had to she had to quit running for a second. Yeah. Um, it she did hard. have to work. I'm sorry, after you, but and again, I usually we show a lot of replays, folks, but it's tricky to show replays out of fairgrounds. I, I will just back up what Chad said. Raylu did ask hard out of the gate, and she had the eleven hole. Uh, he had no choice with the filly. You would think that. Um, this this Philly's just natural speed will take uh, Raylu towards the front this time, and she could save a lot of energy going to that first turn. I think yeah, I think you're right. I mean, but look, Brad's come back and he's start, he's starting to see. We talked to him this week. The publicity department did, and that's something I want to mention, Howard. Man, if if you want to read about some of these horses, go to FairgroundsRacecourse.com. Um, Kevin Kilroy and Joe Chrisfeck do a great job. We got tons of quotes for advances up on the website. Read through those stories. We have extra quotes at the bottom. And you can read with some of these trainers what's going on in their head and what they're thinking about with um, these horses. And I think if you look at what Brett Calhoun was saying, he, he's got this horse where he wants her now. Um, she's been working with Kapuna in the mornings. Um, they've been working very good together. Um, you know, the 58-1 change, that's no joke. That's no joke work. I mean, Kapuna was right there with her the whole time. 
um, pressing her. So I think she's got some air in her lungs. Here's the thing with me. I, I like hidden connection. I think she could trip out in here. Um, if Echo Zulu does come up a little short for whatever reason, I think she's the most, and I was totally against anybody in this race after the, after the Rachel 48 hours later, I've kind of warmed up now to hidden connection. Um, my thing with hidden connection is if she doesn't like the distance this time, I think you wheel her back into eight bells and she will be dangerous on Derby day in a race like the eight bells. I think that's uh, eight bells last year, won by one of my uh, picks of the year on this podcast, obligatory. And I think it was 16 to one uh, that gave a lot of people on this show, uh, a, a big win, including me. That was a, we we celebrated that win big on this podcast. Uh, by the way, Obligator was was cutting back out of uh, a race at the fairgrounds that she had a ton of trouble in. We talked about that race for like ten minutes on that show. Ooh. Um, Ooh. how does Hidden Connection win, Chad? Does she wire the? Does she get in front of Echo Zulu? Does Echo Zulu just not ready and Hidden Connection just goes by her in a long stretch duel? I mean. If you if if I'm gonna, I actually ask myself the question since I'm picker on top. I mean, how does she win? I think she wins by going to the lead, and then you know something happens to the inside where Echo Zulu's you know has that run into the first turn, and she's not ahead, and Ray Lou you know gets ahead of her and is able to relax and come over, okay. and um, you know maybe get gets to the front. I think that's the best way for her to win. I think it's gonna be really tough for her to pass Echo Zulu if Echo Zulu is a length or two in front of her. Um, she's gonna have to have some monster momentum to get past that beast. I mean, she is a beast, Echo Zulu. When you look at her, um, you yeah, know, people, sure. people in the paddock are gonna are gonna have some pictures that they're gonna like on her. Now, if, if I if we'll just talk about two more minutes, Chad, you good for about 10, 15 more minutes yeah. total for the show? Okay, great, appreciate it. I, I I want to nitpick Echo Zulu just a little bit. I mean, that's what we have to do, right? The Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly, everything went her way. Hidden connection didn't break. She just went to the lead. She was great. Juju's map, if I recall, didn't break really either. Anyway, everything went her way. Uh, other than that, she's been going seven furlongs in a mile. I think her most impressive race actually wasn't even the Breeders' Cup. To me, it was the spin away where they went 44 and three to the half. That was impressive. Um, Phillies are fickle, okay? Mm-hmm. And like Chad said, if you're going to beat Echo Zulu, maybe even this year at all, until she goes to maybe Saratoga and runs a race there. It's going to be Saturday. Um, I think we both would agree with that. So we're not saying she's going to lose, but this would be the time to do it if you want to go against her. Very quickly, before we go to the, the big race, the uh, Louisiana Derby, there's two horses I want to get your opinions on, Favor and Berna Breezy. Uh, we talked about Berna Breezy last time on the show um, in the Silver Bullet. Actually, I talked about her uh a few months ago for the silver bullet day race. And she didn't really quite get the pace she wanted. She ran, she didn't run great. Last time she won Chad, I watched the replay. I don't know. She's still very grindy to me. I really was, I, I thought maybe I'd pick her higher in this race, but she really hasn't improved that much. She seems too grindy and favor. In my opinion has been absolutely nobody. The, 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 if you go back and look at the charts, when she broke her maiden, it was an okay field. The, the, the field that favored beat last time was absolutely awful. So I don't know. It's Pletcher, but I, I still think in connection is more likely to beat Echo Zulu than either one of these two. Any thoughts before we go on to the. No, the I, I, I agree. I mean, favorite gets better every time she's run, but she hasn't beat anything um, of note. Nothing out of that race. Five horses have come out of that race for her allowance race and none of them have hit the board. So um, yeah, we can well, show it right now them, here. Two of them ran third, I think. Yeah. Two of them ran third out of that. I mean, race, look, look at the. Part. Yeah, look at the yeah. look at the next race buyers, Chad. I mean, 66, <laughs> 0, 50, I mean, come on. 
Yeah, right. Uh, so so I, I, it's a tough ask for them. Um, obviously, Berna Breezy, but both you know both her wins came with Lasix, and she won't be on Lasix this time. So who okay. knows if that plays into it or not? I'm not sure. She definitely needs a, a pace set up to do her best running late. I, I mean, I think it could be a ways back to third in this race. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go on to the big one. Uh, this is the race of the year at the fairgrounds. We can see it there on the screen. It's the grade two Louisiana Derby. It's a $1 million purse. They're going a mile and three sixteenths. I like the fact they extended the distance out. I think last year was the first time they did it. Or maybe it was two years ago. I apologize if I'm wrong on that. Obviously it's for three-year-olds. You got another big heavy favorite here in the number six epicenter. One of the top three-year-olds in the country and one of the three-year-olds that Chad and I are both very interested as of right now for the Kentucky Derby. Seven to five, morning line. Uh, good luck getting seven to five. I think, again, this horse is going to be uh, probably uh, odds on or lower. Can Epicenter lose this race, Chad? Oh, they could all lose, Howard. They could all lose, man. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, look, I, I didn't think Epicenter was going to lose to LeCompte, and, and look what happened. So, um We'll see, but obviously, I think he could end up with even you know even though they're stretching out here to a mile and three sixteenth. I think he ends up with a little better pace. I'm sure Steve's glad that Zozo's drew inside of him. Um, I think Zozo's and Brad Cox, if they had their choice, they would have picked outside of Echo Zulu. But you know that's just not the way the draw happened. I think Zozo's has to show his speed um, to get into that first turn. But Echo Zulu just ex- you know, just exudes class. I mean, this horse has done nothing wrong here. Um, Steve's brought him along perfectly. Steve loves the distance of these races here. And um, he's going to be tough, man. Jo- Joel Rosario gets back on board. You know, he was working. Um, Epicenter's workout mate, Gunnett. Um, poor Gunnett. He, he just he, He's a nice workout horse, but he just can't <laughs> hang around with, with Epicenter. Um, but they, those are legit work. Steve does not work his horse as fast. I think a lot of people know that. And you look down and you see 59 and 3 and 59 yeah. and 4. I mean, he's just doing it. You know, it goes back to that Baffert line of, well, you know, fast horses work fast. Well, usually in Steve's barn, they don't work fast. Um, but, you know, and, this horse. And by the way, people that are worried, Chad, and I know you know this and I know this, explain to the viewers and listeners at home why they should not be worried about that very slow work six days out or five days out for Steve. Oh, uh, and Steve just gives them a maintenance work, and he, he lets them, um, he don't stay tight on the turn. He comes around, and they're usually, you know, four, five, six paths off. Um, just letting them stay happy and do what they kind of want in those yeah. maintenance work. So the times, the times always, you know, get closer to 50, you know, something like that. So yeah, yeah. he always I mean, does that five days out guys. So always on Monday. Yeah, he, he's a big guy. He, 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 um, he stays and watches the Monday works here and then usually goes to, to Oakland or somewhere else where he has to be. Yeah. But um, yeah, he works all his good state sources on Mondays. Now we'll, we'll get to Zozos in a minute. You've got Kapuna. Uh, and again, you mentioned Kapuna because Kapuna has been working with Hidden Connection. Um, I have not seen those works. I don't know if you've actually seen the visual. Who's been working better? Uh, do you take that as a positive or a negative that she's been working with Hidden Connection? Uh, talk about why you like the source. So I, I kind of like the source. Um, no, Kapuna's been working great. Kapuna actually got a little bit better of Hidden Connection, according to Mike, on, on the Gallop Out on that 58 day back on March 11th. Um, Kapuna's growing up fast. And let me tell you something. Brett Calhoun did this a few years ago. He took a maiden by the name of By My Standards who broke his maiden in February, and he turned around and he brought him into the Louisiana Derby and, and at 20-something to one, By My Standards ran like a wild horse. Um, I'm not saying By My Standards and Kapuna are the same horse, but this is the same kind of pattern, and Kapuna actually has a little more racing experience under his belt. And I think Kapuna 
is one of those that's improving at the right time. If you read between the lines from Brett, I was going to pick either Kapuna or Zozo, somebody in that 8 to 10 to 1 range to run second. I think Kapuna's the one that's probably going to be a higher price. There's a lot of buzz on Zozo's and has been for a while, and it's Brad Cox. So give me Kapuna to hit the board. And, um, you know, I, I think he's, he's working well, and Brett has this course prime for a big effort. And he's got the race over the track here, going two turns already. Um, you know, he lost a cyber knife. There's nothing wrong with that. Cyber knife could be a, a solid choice in the Arkansas Derby, I believe, next month. He's grown yeah. up a lot, yeah. and he's grown up a lot in the past, too. These three-year-olds can, man, they, they can grow up fast. You know, it doesn't take them long for the light bulb to come on with some of these good ones that have class. If Kapuna, if the light goes on, you're going to see him run a big race on Saturday, and um, I expect him to run big, and then we'll see what happens. I just added Kapuna to my ABC ticket, Chad. Just for the record, I'm writing it down. You can't. I know we're not on screen. I just wrote it down. Um, let's talk about Zozos now. By the way, uh, Stephen Vanderbrock, I see your comment. Thank you, Stephen. I will. We'll, we'll get to your question, Stephen, in just a few minutes. Uh, let's talk about Zozos. Um, I, I put this out on Twitter. I know you commented on it. Um, forget the eight to one. There's absolutely no way Zozos is going to be an eight to one. Whether he should be, that's a whole other you know question. Um, has done absolutely nothing wrong last time, and I'll just we'll just go ahead. We haven't shown a lot of replays. Let's go ahead and and show a very quick. We'll just show the the uh, stretch run here. Zozos wins very easily in the stretch. Let's see if I time it out. Yeah, he's the nine. Let me just go a little bit forward. You see, he's a little bit goofy there. He's sort of leaning in, and it was mm-hmm. a moderate pace. But boy, once he hits the stretch and he goes left-handed, this horse absolutely explodes. The horse that is second, I believe that was Barossa, who was a horrible even money choice, didn't really you know run that well. But this horse looks like a serious horse to me. I love the way that he's running. He wins for fun. It's Brad Cox. It's Giroux. He's got a workout. Um, he's been working great. Uh, Munnings, I guess you can question whether the horse wants to go that far. That's something you know out of a forestry mare. So. Definitely has sort of kind of sprinty miler kind of breeding, Chad. Uh, yeah. But I, you'd, you'd, you'd have to believe that Brad Cox thinks this horse can get the distance. It has been working lights out. I think this is your second choice. I'm not picking him second. Er, actually, I am picking him second. I take it back. Not only do I think he's going to be second choice, this is my second choice um, for a lot of reasons. But I'll let you talk about Zozos first. Zozos was a, a, a horse that we all knew about kind of hanging around the track first time out. Um, broke bad that day, had to really work his way up to get up at two to one. Um, you know, the, the buzz was out on it, put it that way. We, we, we scored that day. We scored at Oakland. Zozos owes me nothing. But, you know, talking to Brad Cox about a week after that, I did a podcast with Brad, and that, that race surprised him. Um, coming back as quick as he did to run at Oakland, he was kind of like, okay, what do I do now? I got to give this horse a little time off. Um, and I think the plan was either Arkansas or here. He brought him back re- real fast from Oakland, brought him back. He was in the barn the following Monday um, back at Fairgrounds, if I remember right. And we went and looked at him, and he was, you know, nice horse. I mean, really nice horse. Just, he, I think he wanted to run Louisiana Derby with him. Um, he feels comfortable moving Cyberknife up to Arkansas for that race. He's going to give him a shot here. It, it's kind of a Hail Mary for the Derby. But, look, if he runs third, he's got the points, right? I mean, if he gets, he gets third, he's got the points, and Brad's in the Derby. So here's what I don't understand. Maybe you can help me. Cyberknife was sta- ran and was stabled at Oaklawn. Zozos was ran, was stabled and ran at Fairgrounds. Why don't they just stay at their own, run out of their own stall? I just found I'm not I'm not against it. I just found that strange. I don't know. Well, yeah, Zozos was never stabled at Oaklawn. He was always okay. here. He, he oh, was no. always here. 
Um, but he did run. I mean, he got a race over the track. You'd think maybe. Yeah. Brad didn't uh, want to wait for Brad didn't want to wait for the two turn race, an allowance race that Cybernite ran in. Okay. So I think it was a timing thing the way they've been running. So he, he used that race to go at Oakland to see if he's got a nice horse for two turns, and he does. So I think okay. you know I think that was his thinking there. And Cybernite, just the way the timing works out, kind of fits um kind of fits him a little bit better. So um, Fair you know, look, we got to talk about Call Me Midnight. Um, yeah, we do. <laughs> Yeah, Call Me Midnight is, is kind of lost in the fog a little bit because he skipped the Risen Star. But Keith DeSormo, you know, if you talk to him, he learned a lot on the Derby Trail. I think he had my boy Jack back a few years ago, and he had, he was chasing points at the end, ran into bluegrass, and he was kind of left without a fresh horse for the Derby. So he didn't want this, want this to happen this time around. Um, this horse, you know, has worked extremely well um, the last couple of works. If you look uh, the work of the 19th, he worked 47-2. and two. He's actually out in 59-3. and three. Um, you know, Keith said he's never had one work this good at the fairgrounds and Keith's been around a long time. Wow. Um, so yeah, go back and read some of the quotes on the website. Uh, Keith, the was very, very high on this horse. He needs a setup. Look, there's no doubt. And, and Keith will tell you that, you know, even though he nailed epicenter on the wire, epicenter kept galloping out past him. So, um, he knows he's gotta, he's gotta have this horse kind of cranked up, but he's got enough points now to where, um, you know, he just has to hit the board, and, and he's in the derby with a fresh horse coming up. So I, I think Call Me Midnight needs to, needs to work his way through and get a trip. James Graham's done very well all year, finding a way to get trips. He get found one in the LeCompte, came running late. He was the last one standing. So um, we'll see. I think Call Me Midnight's definitely one you got to use, though. Yeah, my only question, and I got this from you, is and then I they didn't really show the gallop out, but you said Call Me Midnight was exhausted crossing the wire in the LeCompte. So – yeah. I, I don't know if he wants the distance. Um, first defense, the dam side is a little is a more sprinty miler type, and now it's a mile and three sixteens. I think they're going to take this horse way back. Let him just make a big run, and I see him sort of clunking up for a piece. I don't. I'd be shocked if he wins, and I don't really love him for a second. Um, but he's talented, and and he could surprise in the Derby at a, at a, you know forty or fifty to one. Wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. Last question I have for you, Chad, and then we'll show our ticket and wrap up the show. Uh, we're going to play owners again. Okay. We both, <laughs> we are, we are, uh, let's see, we're Winchell. Uh, we want Episode to win the Derby. I'll tell you what I would do. And you can tell me if I'm crazy or not. I do not want to see this horse on the lead. I'm, let's go full screen. We don't need to, there's nothing on the PPs we need to talk about anymore. If I own Epicenter, I do not want this horse on the lead. I think he's got to learn. He's not getting the lead in the Derby. At least it doesn't look that way. I want to see this horse rates. I'm not saying he should be like 10 off it. I want to see, just let someone go to the lead and just stalk and go by. Because I think that's how he's going to win the Derby. We're not going to learn anything um, from Epicenter. And the horse is not going to learn anything in this race if he just wires the field again. That's my opinion. I know it's a million dollars. They'd love to win it. I, I wouldn't even, I would, as an owner, I wouldn't even care that much if he lost this race. Uh, if he would like took a lot of dirt, like was in between horses and had like a troubled like second or third, I no disrespect to fairgrounds and the money, but if you want to win the Derby, you've got to learn different situations. And I'm actually hoping because of our future bet that he's not on the lead and he wins from off the pace Saturday. And am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. I mean, I think um, I think he he just he fits the race from a pace perspective, and I, I don't think he's. I don't know if he can really rate in this race off of somebody without being asked to do something he don't want to do. And I yeah. think, Steve, you know, actually, Steve would probably be open to you uh, to ask him how to win the Derby because he's 
he's over, so he might be he might be open for that. But you know, uh, uh, no, for a ton of races. But Steve, um, <laughs> you know, he wants to get there, and he wants to get there with a, a nice horse, and he's gonna take a shot when he does. And uh, whether it be on the lead or not, I don't think you're gonna see Steve, you know, make this horse do something he don't want to do, whether that's the right move or not. I don't know. I do remember back in the day, um, Jerry Bailey rode repent for Kenny McPeak about 20 years ago, and I was working for publicity, and I went down, and he had lost the. I don't know if he lost the Risen Star. Maybe he won. He won the race or something. Trying to get a, a trying to get an interview, and Jerry Bailey's all mad. And he just won a big race on Repent. And he goes, he didn't learn anything. That's the problem. He didn't learn nothing. He he, he did it. He did it like he needs to do something better. But he kind of ripped the horse that he just got off of on a huge seven thousand dollar race. But he was thinking about what was going to happen next. To your point, you know, he, he's like, this horse didn't learn a thing in this race because of what just happened. That was five minutes after the race. So I get I get what you're saying, and some some connections do think that way. So, um, you know, it's something to be said for that. You know, all all being said, he's got enough points. I think he I think he does win the Louisiana Derby this year. But Mandaloon did not win the Louisiana Derby last year. Nobody knows what happened in that race. He was beaten as a huge favorite, and he came back and ran a hell of a race in the Kentucky Derby. So there's there's that there's that. Uh, and just I just want to make it clear to people that are you know, watching, listening, I'm not saying like strangle the horse back and have them all rank and, and, you know, clip heels and, and, you know, have an issue. And I'm not saying that I'm just saying, I think it'd be best if somehow he doesn't have a lead. I don't know how that would happen, but uh, Chad, let's show everyone. Uh, and I'm not showing my ticket tonight because frankly, um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And this, that's very unusual for me to say that I have to think about it some more, how I want to construct my ticket. Uh, that's one way to go. Chad's just saying, listen, these three horses cannot lose. I'm trying to go for some prices in the other two. It's only a $40.50 ticket. I'm going to push back a little bit, Chad, on one thing. Uh, is In your opinion, if would you toss out, for example, you have all of the Munez. You said you don't like the Chads. Why not toss out those two horses, lower your ticket, uh, because those horses are going to be bet anyway? Right. I, well, for one thing, I have done – I have done bets where I've used all but one or all but two, and that bites you in the ass. So why not just hit the all button for forty dollars? <laughs> What's the care anyway? So yeah, but um, you don't want the favorite though. That's no, right? you don't want you want you don't want the favorite, but you know, cashing a ticket uh, for seventy five dollars is better than losing. I 40, know. Right? Um, no, I just think you know the all the all <laughs> button. I was kind of being cute here, but for forty dollars and fifty cents. You make it a pick three, right? I mean, if you catch a bomb in the two turf races, it's economical, and you can play it a couple of times and not, not really get hurt. Um, if you wanted to key off of it a little bit, maybe go a little deeper and, and do a crazy caveman ticket. I just don't know if the favorites do pan out. You, you might be left with a $150 ticket for a bet that pays $130 or something. So, But there's going to be a lot of money in the pool. And, you know, if you beat one of these favorites, you know, let me tell you this. In order, this is the way I like them in order. We'll, we'll do it like that. How do you, um, I was going to ask you that. How would you know that? Yeah, so in order, I'd say Olympiad's probably more of the best bet than any of them. Um, uh, really? The, yeah. Or the Echo Zulu. Yeah, the, I, I just think from a pace perspective and the way he ran last time, I just can't get that race out of my head. And Okay, so so I, I, I love playing this. I, I play this question, uh, this game with my friends at the OTB back in the day. I, I'm giving you a million dollars, Chad. You have to pick one of these three that is going to win. You're saying Olympiad. Olympiad. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, Olympiad. Um, Olympiad, Echo Zulu, Epicenter. Just because, you know, I, we like we like Epicenter, and I, I think he's, you know, he's going to win the race. But that's a nine-horse field. I've seen stranger things happen in the Louisiana Derby for some reason. War of Will lost the Louisiana Derby. Mandaloon lost the Louisiana Derby recently. 
um, by my standards, has picked up and won at 20-something to one. These three-year-old Colts can really get hot. Um, you know, so somebody may come up and, and, and pop. So in, in order, I would take Olympiad. I would trust the four-year-old in the New Orleans Classic and then Echo Zulu and then Epicenter. Now, I'm selfishly going to hope no disrespect to any connections that Echo Zulu loses because of those three, I think we'd agree Echo Zulu is going to be the lowest of those three, what, two to five. I mean, right. And I'd say Olympiad and Olympiad, I'll say three to five and I'll say epicenter four to five that I think it's something like that. Um, Last question I have for you, Chad, and we'll let you go. And really appreciate having Chad Sheck Snyder on the show tonight. You've been uh, a great with us for twice, Chad. Uh, I, after I ask this question, I want to know what your plans are here after the fairgrounds meet. You got those three monsters. How many of those three? And, and sorry, Stephen has a question I want you to answer too. How many of those three are in win Saturday? The over under at. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, yeah, put it at two and a half, but you said it maybe today on there. Okay. Um, I know you look at the card real quick, if you don't mind here, Chad. Uh, your best bet and a long shot. I know you gave us a long shot last time. You gave us a maiden who ran on the turf that I think ran okay. Didn't win, if I recall, but ran well. Had turf breeding. Anyone off the top of your head to help Steven out and people at home? A long shot, whether it's in the sequence or outside. And then I guess your best bet you're saying is Olympiad, I would assume. Well, it's Olympiad. And I think on the, on the podcast, I, I, I said Epicenter because I thought it'd be a little bit higher price probably. So I picked Epicenter on the podcast as, as the okay. best bet. Long shot of the day, why not another mystery? Why not just stay with it? Another wow. Another mystery to <laughs> There I, you I mean, go. Look, earlier in the card, I could tell you somebody earlier in the card. Um, All right. Just, By the way, James, thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it. Uh, James appreciates hearing all of uh, – Chad's views. Chad's so, going to give us uh, on the show, guys. I'm ready to write this down. Here comes the long shot earlier in the card. So, and there's Louis. There's a couple of Louisiana bred stakes earlier in the card. Okay. Um, and these Louis, these Louisiana bred races get a little crazy, um, sure. especially on the turf. Um, so, if you go to the six, the six races, the Costa Rising, it's a five and a half on the turf. Yeah. Um, last year, <laughs> last year in the Costa Rising, Dallas Stewart popped at thirty to one. And there was a Jake the Lone Horse X Clown that was higher than that, and um, we we hit it, but it would have went way better if it went the other way. Um, this year, those horses won't be near that price um, in the race, but there is um, there's a couple other horses I think you can you can maybe take a take a wild stab at. And one of them is um, I like Hale State a little bit. This is for Alan Landry and Stokes. If this horse, um, what number, Chad? So that would be. See, I got to keep these about the numbers. One, two, three. Oh, sorry. Four, five, six. Seven, eight. It's a ten, the ten horse. Ten horse. Hail State. Yeah, yeah. Hail State. Okay, so this, here it is. It's so on this, the screen now. Right, right. So this horse, um, if you look back, it, it, it ran really well um, over the turf at Evangeline. It's got a couple of turf wins, but it's buried into form. Um, but this horse, you know, has been running a dirt against some of these already. These state bred races, I think you get every bit of twelve. To one, probably higher. I mean, this one should be probably closer to 21. I like the quality road breeding for Louisiana bred. Um, and J.J. Stokes, you know, he's, he's he's capable. He's capable. Alan Landry's capable. So I think at a, at a bomb price that maybe uh, maybe take a look at Hale State. This horse gets bet usually when he runs. But um, I think this horse is, uh, you know, for a bomb, look, throw him in there. Well, Chad, he's had two two races on the on the turf sprinting and one by four and second uh you know, by two. So I mean, why? I mean, obviously the horse can sprint on the turf. Why not? Yep, that's my that's my play. And 
kind of low All level right. kind of low level connections there so you're gonna get a good price on that one all right there you go there there's there's chad's long shot hail state in the coastal rising uh chad what's up for you next here after the fairgrounds meet uh in terms of horse racing or family or work or otherwise uh so, when when yeah. when can i schedule for our next podcast well uh <laughs> Starting next week, start coaching, start coaching baseball with the boys next week. So uh, that that's on the agenda for sure. Uh, baseball season comes up, and then uh, Mike and I are gonna try and maybe do a couple, maybe a couple of podcasts for Triple Crown. So we'll see how that goes. Um, get a couple of sponsors. Maybe we'll do a few podcasts for Triple Crown. Terrific. People should obviously uh, check that out. And any other final thoughts for the card on Saturday? No, just it's gonna be a great card. And uh, don't forget about Sunday. Look, Sunday we got 13 races at the fairgrounds on Sunday. So, uh, you know, you got 25 races in two days to end the meet and um, plenty of opportunities to win money. Howard, I heard you won a lot of money. I heard you did very well. Congratulations to that contest, my man. That was, that's a hell of an effort. That's a hell of an effort. I know how hard those contests are. It was a, it was a crazy ride. I really appreciate it. The Ultimate Betting Challenge finished second, uh, collected about 68000 um, oh. Have 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 a have a trip to the Pegasus next year and, of course, the NHC in Vegas oh. uh Listen, as I said a few times, every squirrel finds a nut once in a while, and uh, I just happened to catch fire at the end and played a, a $3,500 straight exacta awesome. in the in, in the big cap with uh, express train over Warrant. Warrant. That's right. And uh, I, I was pretty excited. Let's just say that. Yeah, so thanks, absolutely. Chad. I, I appreciate it. Well, hopefully we can get some winners for everyone on Saturday, on Saturday at the fairgrounds. Uh, Chad Chuck Snyder, really appreciate it. Good luck to the baseball season. Tell them to make sure they keep their eye on the ball. Don't be picking <laughs> like grass off the outfield. You know, pay attention yeah. to, to what's they, going on. They like to and, bring the flowers to mama. They bring the flowers to mama. And again, I'm glad everyone in your family is safe down there after last night. Uh, I'm going to leave you on the screen here as we end the show. Uh, remember, everyone, this Saturday, maybe Chad will be on the show. Maybe Chad will be typing in. Who knows? 9.15 Eastern Standard Time. We are live for the entire rest of the card at Dubai. It's going to be live coverage with Davey Lane and Phil Edwards. We're going to give you great handicapping. We're even going to talk about the markets out in the UK and other places, compare them to the US markets. It's going to be a fascinating day at Dubai. Thanks for watching, everyone. Tonight, though, episode 121 of the HHH Racing Podcast with Chad Sheck Snyder. Good luck to everyone on Louisiana Derby Day this Saturday. Take care, everyone. Good night.